Wrestling with the Future at Manscaped.com. Proudly present Wrestling with the Future podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Mad Dog DeCipio. We have an, a year-end review tonight. I think unlike any other show we've done previously, I've got the creme de la creme, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And uh, let me introduce everybody, these fabulous, familiar faces to you. Joining me, as he does every week, they call him Jake the Snake Hudson. Jake, how are you, my brother? I'm doing good. What is up, guys? What is up? Uh, we're all good. We're all good. Joining us from El Salvador, uh, a gentleman that's been here before. He's a good friend of the show. We like him here. Javier Royce from Pro Wrestling Stories. How are you, Javier? I am doing awesome. Thanks for having me back on. Love to have you here, my friend. Love to have you. And rounding out the panel is a stellar individual, a guy who has, uh, he's got his hands in all kinds of different fires right now. The irons are striking hot for Mikey Messier. Just completed a film with Eric Roberts, I understand. Yes. Talk to me about that a little bit, Mike Messier. Good to be here, Angelo. Good to see you again, buddy. Um, Mr. Birthday is a movie. Good to be seeing you, buddy. Uh, and happy holidays to you and your family up north. Um, thank you. My best to you. Thank you. So I was just in Rhode Island. We had this premiere. Eric Roberts was there. There we are. Eric Roberts and myself and uh, the gentleman uh, from Dazed and Confused. Uh, uh, Jason was the star of this thing. And oh, it's a really? fun kids movie. It's getting some nice reviews online. And uh, people can watch it from YouTube movies or various other video on demand uh, platforms. And I play... Um, Hank, who's part of the International Birthday Network. So this is a kids movie, but the best type of kids movies, Angelo, are, are ones that adults can watch too, without you know feeling feeling sick to their stomachs. So absolutely, I, yeah, it's a good movie, and thanks for mentioning it. Oh, quite. Look, I have a little connection with Eric Roberts. I did a little bit of work on his behalf. He nice. and Burt Young back in the day on the set of Pope of Greenwich Village. Yeah, I think that's I think a, that's a big part one. of my history you don't know about. Nice. With Mickey yeah. Rourke, too, right? Mickey Rourke was in that one? Yes, sir. Nice. And there's Handsome Javier behind me right now. <laughs> I want to um, I want to start off the show um, with kind of uh, the best and worst of 2021. You know, we do these shows every year. Uh, the year-end review, um, what went right, what went wrong, how can we make it different? Uh, and then, of course, we, uh, as my favorite part of the show, we make our predictions for 2022. They, the, the always, uh, we make the predictions for the coming year. Uh, it's going to be interesting tonight, given what Javier, uh, laid on me earlier in the evening. So it's, that's going to see, uh, how that plays into this Javier. It's going to be very interesting. So let me start with, um, our resident filmmaker, Mike Messier, Mikey. Yes. You've been very critical of WWE product. Uh, that's known. To everyone who watches this show, I think uh, your I don't think your feelings have changed much on the WWE product. But given the total landscape of pro wrestling for the year 2020 and 2021, uh, what are we looking at uh, as far as are we where we need to be with WWE? Have they joined the 21st century yet? Well, in some ways, they're they're ahead of the game. I mean, they went to the WWE Network, I believe, in 2014. Uh, they started having their own exclusive streaming platform for, as we know, $9.99 a month. And yeah. other groups like UFC have kind of followed that to an extent. And 
and uh, Impact Wrestling now has a platform like that, and Peacock, and uh, of course buying the U.S. rights to the WWE uh, material. But a lot of these other groups had to be inspired by the WWE. So that was 2014. As yeah. far as 2021 goes, oddly enough, probably their best in-ring action show was the one that you would think that I would hate the most, which was that Crown Jewel thing. Uh, yeah, you've been <laughs> extremely critical of that in the past. I have been, but oddly enough, if you watch their early Crown Jewel shows and the Greatest Royal Rumble shows, the actual matches were affected by by the yeah. you know international booking, let's call it. You know, but at this particular Crown Jewel show, which was only I think back in October, it was actually quite good. You know, um, Goldberg. It's interesting to hear you say that, Mike. It really is. I remember. The, uh, I remember vividly, in fact, the conversation that you and the late Jeff the Ref had. Man, you guys went back and forth big time on that one. I, I almost felt like you know uh, Mike Kyoto, the referee, <laughs> well, <laughs> during, well, during that show. That was an interesting exchange. Uh, so, so in many ways, you're t- you're telling me that WWE is doing their kind of their best work right now. And, and well, let's put it this way. I don't know about creatively their best work, but as far as financially, with the with the deals with Fox, the 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 big money from Saudi Arabia, the big money from Peacock, I think what could happen is guys is you know uh, it's like something from a Rocky movie when you get too lazy, you lose that eye of the tiger, and maybe not having yeah. the eye of the tiger creatively is hurting the WWE. But as far as the the business, whether it's Khan. Uh, their their Nikon gentlemen, whoever's making these decisions, yeah. is making some good decisions financially. Even cutting people, uh, we as wrestling fans and maybe independent wrestlers or or podcasters will criticize them for firing all these people in the middle of the pandemic. But if you're a businessman, that's exactly what you would do. You know, absolutely. So what can you say, Javier? You heard what Mikey had to say. Uh, do you concur with that? And uh, and if so. If you differ, let's let's hear it. Well, as as you know, I'm a, I'm a casual viewer of the of the of the modern product, but I, I try to keep abreast of what's going on. I do feel like WWE has has changed a little bit of their approach on how they want to present the product because of some pressure that they claim there is no no competition from AEW, but. Let's be honest here. I, to them, everything's competition from wrestling to sporting events to movies. Anything yeah. that'll get anyone's attention, anything that that'll t- t- that needs uh, someone to pay for, that's competition for them. Because remember, Absolutely. they're not. Remember, they're not a wrestling company. They're an entertainment company. They yeah. They they're there. They want to entertain you in any way possible, and they want your money. AEW, of course, is more geared toward what is more traditionally wrestling, but still WWE is keeping their eye on them. They are, they've, they've changed their time slots for some other programs, but WWE is like this big uh, elephant. It's moving forward. It's, there's something that's bothering it, but it keeps on moving forward. And, and with, and with, uh, with, uh, with straight ahead and with, uh, with intent. So I don't, I don't see 2022 being that much different in how WWE is going to do things other than, the uh, next in line uh, program that I, I mentioned to you about uh, yeah. getting getting uh, college athletes into NXT, 
it's that, interesting that, that might you be say that. Uh, that might be an interesting way where they are. They're trying to. Seems like they're they're not focusing on the next wrestler, but they want to see if they get star power from just from. It, it could be they got basketball yeah. players, they got cheerleaders, they got swimmers, they got track and field. Yeah, and that's something AEW is. It, I think it, it it's like a curveball for them. They didn't think that WWE was going to go that route. And will be interesting to see if AEW implements a certain, yeah, uh, a, a similar program. Oh, it's sure it, it's sure going to be interesting in, indeed it, for a lot of reasons. Um, I got a little heads up on a couple of things. I'm going to let Jake the Snake, Jamin Jake Hudson, uh, have yeah. his opinion here because I got a I got a heads up on a couple of things. I'm going to I'm going to lay on you. Go ahead, Jake. Tell us. Um, uh, do you agree with the Mike and Javier? What do you think? What's you going know, on here? Um, you know, the thing is, I'm trying to say this nicely. I have not watched the product. Only only product I've watched was AEW. I think AEW is doing good. I have not watched WWE. I've watched like one episode of NXT 2.0. Sorry. Yeah. I know that. I know that. But like I like I said in the past, like I've told Angelo in the past, I get like. By the way, people think. By the way, people think that Triple H promos are my numbing. Watch some of the old NWA TNA stuff with uh, Jeff Jarrett promos. Well, let me ask you, Javier. I mean, uh, uh, Jake, because hey. I'm, I'm going to go back to Javier in just a second. Let me ask you a question, Jake. Uh, Javier mentioned something interesting. He said that he didn't think that the product would deviate much in 2022 from where it is right now. So, Jake, you do watch. Some of the current product AEW. I know you watch that. I know yeah. you watch uh, a little bit of um, a Ring of Honor. I know that you don't follow the WWE too much at all. But what? Um, but what you do watch? By the way, um, they uh, they just announced that uh, at a uh, Hard to Kill Impact Wrestling, it, it, a Ring of Honor champion John Gershom is going to go one on one against uh, Chris Saban for the Ring of Honor title at Impact. Uh, hard to kill in, in okay. Dallas. Well, uh, let, let's let's keep with with the uh, subject at hand. Um, all right. That's all well and good, but where do you where do you think WWE needs to go to be to to stay where they are or yeah. or get a, a a slight edge going into the new you year? Know, here's the especially thing. creatively. What do they need to do creatively, Jake? What they need to do is they need to, you know, the one thing that they, that they're, you know, a lot of these other companies are doing that they, they need, they need to do a streams. They need to do like a, like Twitch or D live or Trovo. Well, that's interesting. Um, Mike Messier, what do you think about that? You're, you're kind of a, a man that's got your nose to the grindstone with the, uh, with the technical aspect of what's available out there. Does WWE benefit itself by going stream outside of the network? Well, right now they've basically sold their content for the U.S. to Peacock. So what I'm right. watching these days is the Peacock. Interestingly enough, a lot of people overseas, you know, non-USA, can watch the original WWE network. And some yeah. people, some hardcore WWE fans are trying to find out how to get, um, what's it called, Javier, VPW? The, the, the VPN? VPN, yeah. Oh, v- yeah. 
changes right. your location. Yeah, virtual private. Uh, yeah, it's called virtual private networking. That's what VPN is. So if I have the um, if I have the story right, at one point some WWE fans are trying to get the VPN to get the original network in the United States. Yeah. Then the what w- happens, Mike, is I, I'm kind of familiar with that. What happens is a VPN uh, will block. It will scramble the uh, IP address of the incoming computer and make it appear as if it's coming from a another country. Right. So you can it's subscribe to the network. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but my point is, there's always going to be a war. I mean, if you remember back to the 90s when there'd be a $30 wrestling pay-per-view and you, you had a friend that had a black box. So you would bootleg yeah. this pay-per-view. <laughs> so there's always going to yeah. be some battle between the um the consumer trying to get something for nothing and the, yeah right the, the, the seller in this case the wwe trying to get the most money now the interesting sure. thing for a couple of years it seemed like a really good deal with that network and it was but now in the last couple of years when you see you know the miz getting chomped up by zombies in the middle of a pay-per-view <laughs> yeah. and, and and from what i understand that the last survivor series the actual yeah a Survivor Series match had literally a pizza advertisement within the the confines of the match. Yes. So to me, me, that's the type of thing that further cements me being turned off from WWE because I I never saw Steamboat and Flair fighting over a pizza slice in the middle of the match. (laughs) You know what I mean? Interesting. You know, I'll tell you what, Mikey. I I got a piece of, uh, of news and Javier... Uh, I got a piece of news, especially Javier. You be interested in this? Um, I was told point blank uh, about a week ago that come February, mid February, late February of 2022, that the WWE will do something that it's never done before. People will not expect it. You talk about a swerve. This is going to be, a, a, and I quote. The mother of all swerves. Okay. And that information did not come from Vince Russo. Let me just say it straight up. It did not come from Vince. Uh, and people who watch the show know that Vince Russo and I are friends. Uh, Mikey knows that he's been on the show with Vince. Um, I will tell you that uh, if they pull off what they're telling me they're going to pull off. It looks like the, the old adage, uh, Mikey and Javier, that everything old is new again. Because it looks like um, there is another con in the mix. Uh, Nick Khan. Um, and, and I will tell you that I was told, again, point blank, that choosing Nick Khan was purposeful and deliberate based on his experience and his name. That was not a mistake. Um, they're looking to have two cons head off against each other. But by the way, neither of these cons are related. So just just so there's no conflict of interest here. Conflict. That's, that's the shoot on it. Right. Now, um, I would certainly love to see. I will give WWE credit. I'm in, I'm in the Mike Messier camp on this. I'll give them credit for what they've done, but they have a long way to go to win me back as uh, a casual viewer. Uh, right now, I call myself a critical viewer, uh, and I call myself, quite frankly, a critical viewer of pro wrestling in general because I don't like what I'm seeing with the product. 
I don't like the uh, acrobatics. The athleticism is par excellence. It's the best athleticism you'll see in any sport genre. But keep in mind that wrestling, as Javier points out, isn't sport. It's entertainment, at least in the eyes of WWE. I think Tony Khan and his crew have a better handle on the wrestling aspect of the sport, quite frankly. And I think they're playing it that way purposely. WWE and Vince McMahon has said it, and you know, Mike Messier, you've, you've been there. Um, you've heard Vince McMahon and we've all heard him say that world wrestling entertainment is entertainment. He is not a promoter. He's a producer. We've all heard this. He's a television producer, not a wrestling promoter. Well, Tony Khan is in pretty much the same ballpark. He is, in fact, a producer of a television show. However, I think as far as wrestling knowledge and wrestling background, I think Tony Khan's got the, you know, the, uh, the stranglehold on the personalities right now backstage. He certainly has Cody and Dustin and, and Brandy, and he's got Arn and Tully and Jake, and he's got, uh, oh, JJ Dillon. And he's Jericho. got, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. He, he also has Dean Malenko backstage. Sure. Dean Malenko. Of course. One of the greatest scientific grapplers of all time. So uh, I, well, I, I, I think I, that, uh, that they need to get the WWE, they need to get themselves into the 21st century creatively. Let's let's be done with the golden egg, okay? Let's be done with this with the the sh, you know the schmozzy matches, okay? Let's have wrestling. Go ahead, but, Javier. I mean, uh, but, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, um, go ahead. Here, here's the thing. I um, you know. I, the, the episode that I saw was the episode, at the end of the episode, uh, Johnny Gargano got hit by a chair by somebody. I forget who it was. Yeah. They okay. They were, that's how you ride off one of your big stars. You, he gets hit with a, a steel chair. Well, Javier, t- t- take, a, take that one for me. Well, one thing I wanted to add, we, we, I think a lot of people try to, uh, point that say that AEW is so much more wrestling compared to WWE. Yeah. The way the way I see it, let's to me is to me WWE would be let's if you want to be black and white, WWE is like sixty percent entertainment, forty percent wrestling, mm-hmm. and AEW would be the other way around, sixty percent wrestling, forty percent entertainment. But it's not it's not like AEW is eighty percent pure sport and then twenty yeah. percent. Uh, uh, what WWE does, I think, I think they're more similar than different, but right, but it, they might not be, look uh, too different from the for the casual fan or the non fan, but for the yeah. wrestling fan, they 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 can understand the differences. Oh, absolutely. A, but the problem with AEW, if they don't if they don't harness that entertainment factor, they're not gonna they're not just gonna survive just on the hardcore fan. They're not sur- they're not really sur- they're not surviving by because of the fans or what they're getting from the fans. They're surviving yeah. because of how much money the owner has. 
Well, and that's going to play into into where we're going with that. Uh, Mike Messier, I would say it's interesting that uh, Javier gives us 60-40 split uh, and reverses them for each company. I'd go 75-25, quite frankly. Um, and I would say WWE for the last probably nine months out of the last year has been 75% entertainment and 25% wrestling. Um, in fact, if you want to call cutting promos entertainment, I watched the show, Mikey. Yeah. There was a, it was a three hour show I watched. Okay. Yep. An hour and 41 minutes of that three hours was talking. Right. Okay. Talking promos advertisements for upcoming events. Yeah. There were literally five matches in a three hour broadcast. That's problematic on a lot of different levels, Mike. That's well, exactly the reason why I don't watch. I cannot watch a whole show. I cannot watch a whole Raw or SmackDown. Brother, I'm there with you, man. And I, I just think can't. Mike, I, life is, life is too there short. Too. Life is way too short for me to. <laughs> yeah. Mike, well, so, are, you, are you there with us on that I'm, promo bit? Well, here's the thing, guys. I started hashtag raw protest back in September of 2018. And at the time, I got a lot of flack from it from the Internet wrestling community. How dare you not want to watch raw every week? Yeah, I remember that. Right. But my point is that, too. Thanks, John. My point was, how can we sit here and waste our lives on a Monday night? You can go to a movie theater. You can do all types of things on a Monday night. Watch football if you want to stay home. Oh, my God. Sure. But I, I mean, when I when I hear and it, it here's the thing, guys, I'm, I'm friends with you guys. I'm friends with guys on Twitter. And it's like every Monday afternoon, I get a rumbling in my stomach that in about six or seven hours, once Raw is over, I'm going to see all these tweets about how bad Raw was. And I tweet in the middle of the afternoon. Hey, guys, last week, Raw stunk for the last three years. Raw stunk. Are you going, knowing this, why would you even revolve your evening around watching Monday Night Raw if you're just setting yourself up for disaster? At some point, Angelo, Javier, and John, and for the people mm-hmm. listening to this show, mm-hmm. people have to take accountability for themselves. And I've always Absolutely. said that. If you don't like the show, my, my, my remedy is this, because the reality is we're all addicted in one way or another to pro wrestling as fans. Mm-hmm. So my prescription for myself with WWE I watch their pay-per-views, and I don't watch their weekly shows. But if something happens that's getting a lot of social media attention, I can always go through YouTube or zip through the show and find whatever it is that happened. But it's not 1998. I'm not seeing what Steve Austin and The Rock are up to every Monday night. I'm not seeing DX, and I'm I'm not seeing Evolution. I'm not seeing things that interest me. So I'm not going to torture myself by watching... Uh, bad wrestling, uh, like what Javier said. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I got news for you, Mike. 50. You're not alone, brother. I had Ivan Putski on the show two weeks ago, uh, and Ivan was on the show. It was a, a generous guy. What a wonderful man! And and I said to him, and one of the questions I asked him during the show, I said, Ivan, you wrestled for for damn near fifty years. He had, the man had a nearly fifty year career. I want people to think about that. 50-year wow. career in wrestling, okay? He's 82 years old. God bless him. And I said to him, knowing what you know and knowing what you've done, this company, 
that you worked for is taking what what you did, what you accomplished, what you created, and basically taking a giant dump on it by what they're putting out now. It's not even the same company. And he says to me, Angelo, and I quote, Angelo, I haven't watched that shit in nearly 20 years. Okay? You can go back and listen to the show. He said, I haven't watched that shit in 20 years. It breaks my heart. We couldn't wait to get out. Now, that's a guy that, that gave his blood, sweat, and tears literally to that company. Right. Okay? In a career that spanned 50 years. When a veteran is telling you that, that they're ashamed of the company they worked for and don't watch their product anymore. That's got to speak volumes. I've had, look, I've had Eddie Mansfield here. I've had David Yohannan. Uh, I've had, oh my God, I had Jake Roberts here. I had Nicola Roberts here. I've had um, uh, Robin Smith. Yeah, I've Len had Sam Houston. They've all been here. You know? There's Cedisco. And they've all talked about the heartbreak and the grief that they feel when when they like Javier, they can't watch but ten minutes, and they have to they have to turn it off or walk away. God knows, I try. I try to watch the show. I really try to watch it, but then, Brother, I've tried, but then commercial after commercial and promo after boring promo. I'm like, I I like promos. I actually find myself watching the older promos on YouTube more than the matches. Well, but you the, know the pro- the those thing, are different and kind I of agree promos. with you. Those and I absolutely kind of agree with you. And I think because of the era that I was raised in, the promo was what got you to the arena. They had to put well, the now there are no arena shows anymore or house shows. They call them. Nobody shows up. Really? WWE rented out a 25,000 seat building. They had 6,000 people show up. Okay. They blanketed the entire arena except for ringside. And they had a small section for a hard camera. That was it. And it's a staged environment. Go ahead, John. Um, number one, I could I could couldn't watch like twenty minutes. I couldn't watch like ten minutes of that program and but also you know, I by the way, I've also if I, I I just go on like the YouTube and find like the reviews of it, and I and I, I cannot watch. Well, let's that. talk about that a second. That's an interesting point, uh, Mike Messier. Much like in the film business, a review can make or break uh, a movie. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about that as it applies to wrestling. And Javier, I'm your two cents on this too. When you watch a review or or listen to a review. Does it make you want to watch something or do you go, oh, well, I don't have to watch it now because I already heard it? Uh, uh, probably the guys that I watch the most for uh, the, the quickest turnover for reviews are probably the Wrestle Talk guys from the UK. Okay, and sure. Ollie and, and Ollie's actually a pretty entertaining guy. And a lot of times, Ollie's leave, a very entertaining yeah, guy. <laughs> I, I, I leave comments and I say, Ollie should try comedic acting because he kind of has a Buster yeah. Keaton type of Charlie Chaplin deal going. Um, yeah. But. I, it actually makes me sad because I, I'll watch the news and look. I listen to the Wrestling Observer Radio because I like hearing Alvarez complain about wrestling. And sure. for what it's <laughs> worth, I know that Dave Meltzer has a lot of misinformation. Of but course. I, 
I do find it fun to listen to him. I like I like his And that's what Mikey, that's what makes him entertaining. Because right. he's so far off the mark most of the time. You know, you sit there and, and, and shout back at your, you know, at your computer or your radio or whatever device you're listening to and go, wake up, smack the ass, wake the fuck up. This is not what, you know, what world are you living in? Right. You know? Yeah. And here, here's the thing. Like, sometimes I actually feel bad for wrestling podcasters who do like the post raw show, uh, like my buddy, you know, like Joe Cronin. And there's others that do post raw shows or post SmackDown shows. Sure. Because or they say AEW shows too. Yeah, they seem they seem very depressed a lot of times, especially after Raw, yeah. and angry, and the callers of the shows call in and they sound depressed and angry. And I'm sitting there like, okay, guys, if this was one or two weeks a year where the yeah. show kind of stunk, that'd be okay. We're literally going on three, four, five years of bad Raws. Why yeah. are these Why are these guys Thank watching? You. Why and watch? That, and I and I revert back to my first question of the evening. Is there hope for wrestling? Javier, you're a guy who casually watches. And 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 I want to tell people, uh, if you haven't read uh, Javier's articles and uh, with Javier and uh, J.P. Varga, uh, and I'm sorry, uh, Zarka, yeah. right? Yeah, J.P. Sarga, yeah. Zarka, I, I'm sorry, I said Varga. Um, uh, and Benny Scala. Benny you know, Scala. They, these guys write from the heart. They They're writing... As old school, old souls that miss their wrestling. You know, I'm one of those guys. You know, I miss my wrestling. Am I open to today's product? Absolutely, I am. Absolutely. In fact, to, to prove my point, our last guest, my very last guest last week was Miranda Gordy. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the, probably the first millennial that I've had on this show in since the beginning of the show. I don't think I've ever had a current uh, wrestler. And Mikey would know. I mean, Mikey, Brian it, Pillman Jr. Yeah, Pillman Jr., exactly. And that would be about it, too, Mikey. Yeah. Brian Jr. and Miranda Gordy. Right. And, Mar- and Miranda was... Go ahead, Jake. Uh, by the way, is I'm the youngest person here? Yeah. We're all going to beat up on you later, but we'll go ahead. We got a question. Um, you know, here's the thing. Like I've always said, this show is for this show. We we follow 60s, 70s, 80s, and a little bit of the 90s of wrestling. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I could add like 50s, but didn't, didn't want to be. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, people who watch this show, they don't watch it to get their fill of new wrestling news and that's that's not why we're here um we've got we're on 271 radio stations we're on more than 300 podcast platforms we've got a national and world corporate sponsor and manscaped which is a great national sponsor but we've got pepsi they're not gonna they, they haven't put their money behind this show to waste time People who listen to this show, they want their Ivan Putskis. And they want TV their show, Scott Casey. TV channels. And two TV yeah. channels. They want their Dominic Danucci's Rest in Peace. We, we were the, by the way, we were the last interview ever that Dominic Danucci did. And everyone is saying we did the best interview. That's we had not Barbara Kodish. That's the reviewers. 
So I'll goodies. let them do my talking. Um, but here's the thing. People who watch the show and li- more, moreover, listen to this show, because I don't really care if people watch it or not. I want them to listen to it. Um, we're in your car. We're on your radio. And we're on your streamer. Anywhere you stream. Um, I want people to know where we come from. The wrestling that meant something to me when I was growing up in the 60s. You know, can I give you a little memory from 2021, Angelo? Yeah, please do. Well, my you know, here's the thing. I I live in Jacksonville, Florida now. I'm literally about a 20 minute ride from Daly's place. Um, And it wasn't and they were doing all the weekly shows in the pandemic with the small Mm -hmm. crowds. When when just about a year ago this week, actually, when Luke Harper, uh, Brody Lee passed away um, and they had that tribute show to him, I believe the first week of January 2021, if I'm not mistaken, they had that tribute show in his honor that switched a trigger to me that I really want to support this company because I thought the tribute show was well done and very Mm -hmm. uh, respectful. So. As soon as I could, I got the tickets for AW Dynamite to go in person. So, okay, I, I'm going to take my chances with this pandemic. I'm going to wear a mask like everybody else. I'm going to go to this live show and see what happens. Well, I get there, and the very first night I'm there, there's actually an altercation in the stands among the fans. Oh, wow. Uh, they were doing that Penelope Ford, who's gorgeous, by the way. Uh, she's getting married to a wrestler in the ring, and Miro's there as the best man. Mm. And the fans near me in the crowd are, there's a fight going on, a verbal altercation that's getting a little heated. And eventually some fans got kicked out, and then another guy got kicked out. And as I'm watching this, you might think, oh, man, were you freaked out? Were you scared? Were you nervous? No, I felt good. I'm like, this is Baltimore Arena, 1987. This is go. real wrestling. This is, you know, exactly. this is, there's supposed to be some tension amongst the crowd. I mean, when I was a kid, I would see the Philadelphia Flyers come to Washington to play the Capitals, and there was more yeah. fights in the fans than than in this than in the hockey rink. And the, oh, my, sure, the Broad Street Bullies, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm talking about the, there was fights in the crowd amongst yeah. the crowd. You know, because of the the opposing fans would come t- to our place. Sure. My point is, I'm not looking to to be an anarchist and have fights amongst the fans all the time, but just to see that this place has a pulse. Yeah, some exactly. You know what, so Mike? That's a, that's an excellent way to put it. Right. That's an excellent way to put it. They have a pulse. I'll tell you what they did. Well, I'll tell you what AEW did for me. That that made me. And I thought when they started. Um, in fact, it's funny. Jeff, the ref, and I started this podcast on the very day that AEW became AEW. And that broadcast is still up, by the way. Nice. Nice. One of the things that we talked about was the great hope that we held out for AEW to salvage wrestling. What they did recently, in recent years, I should say. That kind of solidified the heart element for me was when they embraced Owen Hart's widow and and brought her into their fold. Here's a company that didn't have to do shit for Owen Hart or his family. 
but went above and beyond and and then some in bringing her into the fold. Okay? Um, and for that, the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment, whatever they want to call themselves, they should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. They should be absolutely ashamed. Luke Harper, Brody Lee, when he passed away, the day he died, this podcast took to the airwaves and did a full-out tribute to Brody Lee. You can go watch that as well. Um, one of the things that should have happened was WWE should have stepped up to the plate, offered their condolences to his child and his wife, and offered the help. They did not. They didn't do anything. AEW stepped up to the plate and took care of everything. Go ahead, John. Um, number one, uh, they AEW did something that WWE would have never done, and, and that's give Brody Lee Jr. a contract. Yeah, absolutely. That, it was that, symbolic. And let's understand something there. And I want you to understand this, Jake. Um, that contract was symbolic. It was saying to the kid, when you're old enough and you think you're ready, we're here for you. And that's the right thing to do. That's what they should have done. Go ahead. You don't have to uh, raise your hand. Um, we're, also, we're I, big men around here. I also just heard that uh, Brody Lee's, um, sorry, John John Hubert's wife Amanda is now working with AEW. It would not surprise me if anybody has the, any information on that. Javier, Mikey, uh, you know anything about that? I, I, I've heard the same thing, and I think it's apparent that, you know, the kid, the older of the two sons, there's actually, he has two sons, but the older one is the one that rests, you know, appears as negative one, and uh, Tay Conti, the beautiful Tay Conti, has kind of become a big sister to him, and um, right. they're looking out for him. Look, Brody Lee was not, he, Brody Lee was not even with the company for a long time. He was there for oh. about six months. Yeah, that, that was it. But, but but apparently, according to everything we hear from the AEW guys, he left a big impression, and he was kind of on the independent Ring of Honor wrestling scenes and the the Dragon Gate pros and all that stuff. Like uh, Brody Lee, uh, John was very well respected, very well liked, thought mm-hmm. of as one of the the locker room leaders, so to speak. Yeah. And so, what I thought was interesting with the Brody Lee thing was, it wasn't like how do I put it? It wasn't as if, you know, had Cody passed away or Kenny Omega had passed away. It wasn't like the number one guy in the promotion passed away suddenly. Yeah. And you had to stop everything you're doing. But this, it, to me, it meant more that Brody Lee wasn't number one main event guy. He was, mm-hmm. you know, upper mid card, whatever you want to call it guy. Yeah. And the, the amount of, the amount of passion, love, respect, um, that you had, even if you don't like Tony Khan or his booking, but when you saw Tony kid, you know, hug uh, John's son at the end of the show, it felt yeah. legitimate. It felt real. Absolutely. And um, that's what inspired me to buy tickets to go see the, and I've seen about 35 live AEW shows. I was there for blood and guts. Uh, it became a, a weekly part of my life, which to go yeah. to Daly's place, I went to the house always wins uh, there. They've done one house show and I was there for it. Beautiful. At Daly's place, and I went to the Double or Nothing pay per view and had a great time. And if you're talking about things to be happy about as a wrestling fan, maybe not as a WWE fan, 
But to me, guys, pro wrestling is bigger than WWE. WWE yeah. never wants to admit that. But here's the thing. It doesn't take a rocket science or a millionaire to put a, a ring with uh, three ropes, yeah. you know, four sides, and some, some seats together. Pro, pro wrestling, in a sense, is a very easy thing to produce. Sure now, it is. Now, granted, when, when you're a billionaire like Tony Khan and his father, boy, is life easy then. And, sure and it is. My point for a long time has been Tony Khan doesn't really need to make any money with AEW. In fact, he can lose quite a bit of money. If if nothing, this is the action figure set for a rich guy. He's got his wrestlers. He's, he's surrounded by beautiful women wrestlers, if that's his thing. Why? Mm-hmm. And we as fans can just enjoy what he's bought for himself, this, this wrestling right. company. There you go. Go ahead, Jake. Um, number one, we weren't we're we're forgetting one thing. John Huber's a former TNT champion. But that doesn't look. We're we're not that we're not even talking about that. We're talking right. about the, the human element. Yeah. Um, understand this. Hold on. Hold on. A second, Jake. Um, because we're 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 talking about the human element here. All right. Sorry, my bad. Um, what's important to understand is the linchpin for me is when Karen McDaniel. And Barbara Goodish and Carol Snooker all tell me that the company they support is AEW. And they speak so highly of it. What does that tell you? Their husbands made money for World Wrestling Federation. They made millions in their careers. Millions in their careers. But when their widows want nothing to do with that company and, in fact, embrace AEW. Barbara Goodish says they're the most wonderful people around. And shout out to Barbara Goodish. Thank you for my uh, Bruiser Brody uh, Wrestling's Last Rebel book and the accompanying three CD set that came with it. Thank you, Barbara. I love you and Merry Christmas to you. Um, It's sitting proudly on my video shelf right now. Um, But here's the, the problem I have. There's a, there's a company here that's got a long, long history of doing wrestling really, really well. And now all of a sudden in the last few years, they don't want to be known for their wrestling. Wouldn't if, if I'm a businessman and I've got that kind of company under and that lineage under my belt, I would want to exploit that for everything I could. Javier, am I, am I making sense or am I like delusional? I mean, I Look see me. it more. I see it like a almost like brand confusion for the for the consumer. It I mean, really and is. and 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 you said it before, and I've th- I've thought of this also. Just take the wrestling out of out of your name. Just call yourself the E or the the AE, the Athletic Entertainment or whatever. Just take the wrestling out. And be be what you want to be because yeah. they want to they want to be everything they want to be movies they want to be videos they want they want to be uh, uh, reality TV and Javier can I interject with a something ring. with they want to be everything with a ring <laughs> let let me interject something Javier and then I'll let you continue and you're absolutely right they want to do it all they want to be it all here's the problem when you're so concentrated on being everything. You're not focused on being anything. 
any single thing. You have to be good at one thing. Be good at one thing. Okay. They can't be every. They can't be everything for everybody. They they they, they should exactly. specialize in what you've been good at for decades, which is and pro what wrestling. they were good at and for decades was creating tension, creating drama, bringing uh, a, a feel of sportsman, uh, a sportsmanship. Well, Morocco Snooka wanna... in the cage. I mean, think about it's... Morocco and Snooka. Yes. Even before that death leap in '83. Just at the beginning of the match, uh, a friend of mine, Ted Rayo, watched that. He wasn't even a big wrestling fan, but he said, Mike, you can see the tension of of Morocco. They're sweating, snooker. Yeah. You're, not get, you're not getting that with Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. No. When the babyface, who's been brought up for months and months to, to conquer Bobby at WrestleMania, it's the first match on a two-night show uh, on the first night. And the babyface Drew submits to a full Nelson, and if, yeah. if the, the thing is, guys, we heard about that Kenneth Mobley situation. Uh, she was a young writer who the WWE hired, and she went mm-hmm. on a podcast and said, "Oh my God, it's so exciting! I just got hired by WWE, and I've never watched wrestling before, and I don't know anything about these people." Well, doesn't that insult a guy like Mike Messier, who worked very hard to get a job interview for the WWE in 2007? It does. So yeah. when I see that they're hiring people with no qualifications, no interest, and are just there. Uh, they won't hire a guy like myself. Uh, then, then why should I support this company? Brother, I have, you and I have talked about this publicly. We've talked about it privately, right? You know, you and I have done this. This is an old song and dance with you and me. We've talked about it on this show as well. And in fact, at some length, it is not only an insult to the fan, it should be a, a supreme insult. To those individuals that you have to work for and with, that you have to write for and with, okay? Yeah. Think about this. There was a woman, I guess maybe three, four years ago, that wrote something on Twitch about uh, um, some angle. She was, uh, uh, Mikey, remind me of it. Um, She claimed that, that she took credit for a wrestling angle that she didn't write. Okay. And everyone was like, well, why would you actually claim credit for something so bad? Right. She didn't even understand what she was doing, is my point. Right. Because she didn't know that what she wrote went, instead of going over, it went south in a hurry. Right, right, right. Here's the problem. You're absolutely right. They're hiring people that aren't qualified, aren't interested that just want um, maybe a, a foothold for you know to the next rung of the ladder. Right. Okay. And that's all well and good, but don't use wrestling to do it. It's the Folks, Mandy Rose Otis. Out there, if you're a writer, if you're a screenwriter, if you're a, 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 a prospective television writer, do yourself a favor. Stay in community theater. Go into the film business, but stay the fuck out of wrestling. That's right. twice I dropped an F-bomb in the show. And I've been I've been so good about <laughs> my f bombs. I have been I went months. I, uh, I haven't I haven't dropped an f bomb all in the last last three shows I've done. I know because every time you do, I charge you five bucks. Um, wow. No, Man, uh, Mandy Rose. I want to jump in. It's Mandy Rose and Otis. The romance is the storyline you're thinking of, Angelo. That's the one. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, Why would you claim credit for that? Why? 
Well, it here's the horrible. Here's the thing. If you think about that storyline, which was the summer of 2020, which I yeah. thought was kind of cute, and and why did they turn Otis heel when he was getting over as a babyface? That makes no sense. Um, here's the thing about WWE and NXT. You just answered your own question, Mikey. Right. The 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 NXT 2.0. It's a lot of skits. You know, and 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 I'm not even watching it a whole lot, but Alvarez was going off. It's it's a lot of like like bad Saturday Night Live skits, and that's with my the, point. Right, I so, said that earlier in the show. Like, where's the wrestling? Well, there there there's very little, and so that's why something like AEW, and I I always say, Angelo, like right now, I was watching some Smoky Mountain wrestling for the last couple of nights from 1995, and and yeah. Watched well done. I'm like, hey, this well done team. If they were the, if they were wrestling now, they'd be the tag team champs somewhere. I mean, absolutely. I remember well and done. Absolutely. Right. Um, we are uh, approaching a new year. Hold on, Jake. We're approaching a new year, and uh, and I'm sure we have predictions. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Um, a shout out to our friends at Pepsi. It's what I like. Simple as that. It's what I like. And manscaped.com. I tell you what, they've been with us for three years now. And God bless you, uh, Phil and Mike and all the guys there, Kyle, and all the guys at, at Manscaped. Mikey Messier was responsible for bringing you guys on board and was still with us, Mikey, after all these years. Right. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> uh, that, that patented lawnmower 3.0, they, they're absolutely right when they say your balls will thank you. They do daily. There you go. And I appreciate them. Um, so let's see where we go. Where we go in 2022. Um, Javier, you uh, you laid some info on me today. I want you to share it with uh, with Mikey and Jake and uh, and the audience and tell everybody what we were talking about. Yeah, it's not it's not new news, but it's I think we're seeing the results of it. Back in July for July 1st of this year, the NCA approved uh, athletes being able to monetize over their likeness, like they basically college athletes couldn't make money. They they used to make million help make millions for the colleges, and yet you couldn't buy them a meal because that was infringing on their on their amateur status, and then yeah. the, the college could get fined and et cetera et cetera. But now, college athletes there are certain conditions, but they can make money, and WWE has decided that they want to. Well, this is where the next 2.0 comes in. That's the the, the change in the product. Yeah, uh, they have a feeder system where they're getting uh, giving NCAA athletes the the uh, they run them through their program at at the right now they have 15 uh, NCAA athletes. They run them through the program, and after they go through the developmental program, they have they 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 may might get hired by them. Right now, the one of the, the first product of this program is um it's called Next in Line, which is the yeah. NCA. But the the guy, what's his name? Uh, uh Rick Rick Steiner's son. I, I the Braun Roman Braun. Oh yeah, Braun Breaker. Exactly, Rick Steiner. And interesting thing is, at when he appeared, everyone was saying, "Why don't they say he's a uh, Rick Steiner's son?" In my opinion, it's because they want to act like they. They formed this young man from zero, and again, they're 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 moving away from their wrestling roots. Sure. 
I mean, as far unless he has, he was part of the uh, the concussion lawsuit with them that they that well, they had. Well, you know, I, I I said something to you earlier, Javier. I said it's going to make for an interesting uh, bone of contention among certain people. Um, lest we forget, those that are old enough have the memories. We remember when a young LeBron James uh, was fined for making money in college. Um, when you play ball that well and you make that kind of money for the bookies, somebody's going to get some action from you. It's either going to be your school or the or somebody out on the street, but somebody's going to make some money on that action. True. Um, he got caught. He paid the fine. He became a pro and made even more money. So in the long run, did it really hurt anybody? I say not. Here's the problem I have with that scenario. They're going to take good, decent, wholesome, honorable talent and corrupt the shit out of them. Good point. That's what they're going to do. They're going to ruin their status as an athlete. They're going to be considered a joke. You look at somebody like Brock Lesnar, who is a legit NCAA athlete, who's got more awards on his fucking trophy wall than most people have walls, okay? Here's the issue. He's no longer considered a legit athlete. He's a fucking wrestler. He's a joke. Yeah, he went to, what's he had to go overall? to, he had what to prove fuck? himself. What's with the overalls? He had to prove what's himself what's over and over. And, and when he went to MMA, he had to prove himself over and over. And they kept on bringing up the pro wrestling, bring up the pro wrestling. And he had to, he had to. He was. He already had that chip on his shoulder. He had to prove yeah. that he was more than just a wrestler, a pro wrestler. You know, yeah. even though he was an outstanding uh, 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 amateur wrestler in, in 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 you know in college and in, in, uh, absolutely he, how he, he didn't. He and, doesn't and have they, to prove himself. <laughs> bring him out now wearing these freaking overalls. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> what the hell? Do they know what they're going to do with this guy, or is he just making so much damn money that he doesn't give a shit? Go ahead, Jake. You've been chomping at the bit here. Go ahead. Number one, don't don't talk bad about overalls. But uh, <laughs> but they fit you and they look should, good on you and they're your, your style. T-shirt. <laughs> should be your t- you, you should be your t-shirt, Jake. Yeah. Um, but here, here's but you the understand, thing. Jake, where I'm where I'm where I'm going with that. Yeah. Well, here, they, with here's... this with this. Uh, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Here's here's what here's what by the way they need to bring back that they need to bring back the guy that was in was the the the, the poster boy for the for the here comes the pain guy Brock they don't need to bring back don't bring this country bumpkin sorry sorry not sorry I'm saying how it is well so you're 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 actually kind of like making a point for me here yeah. um. Here's here's where I've always said, and uh, and Mike Messi has heard me say this on the show many times, so I'm not ad nauseum, and and probably Javier as well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's as simple as that. If it's not broke, don't fix it, guys. Them, them trying to them trying to get NCAA athletes to me, it seems more like a PR move than a legitimate uh, recruiting tool. Out of these fifteen athletes. How many are going to really? How many are they really going to put through at WWE? Two, three. It seems like more of a PR uh, tool. Can than I, a, Javier? You're absolutely right. And can I can I tell you what it all comes down to? And 
as, as sure as I'm sitting here, Mike Messier, you can jump in on this because you know what I'm talking about. Here's what here's what it is, Javier. Vince McMahon in his lifetime wants to be recognized for something other than wrestling. Right. He's got a television director, Kevin Dunn, that's oh. never, and I mean when I tell you, has never, never been recognized as a director. Okay? They yeah. don't even know if Kevin Dunn is in the director guild. Okay? That's how sad that situation is. He wants, Vince McMahon wants Kevin Dunn desperately to win an Emmy. Okay? Hold on, Jake. Put your hand up. Um, Sorry. He desperately wants him to win an Emmy for television directing. That's going to happen when Jake is nominated for an Academy Award. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. The man in overalls. I like it. Um, I've yeah. said it before. I'll say it again. If it's not broke, don't fix it. The problem, Javier, and you you mentioned it in your statement. They take these incredible athletes that aren't broken, and they break them. Right. And they athletes. take these guys at the performance center. These. These guys at the performance and Mike, tell me if I'm lying. No, you're you right. Have to have a minimum of 10 years experience in the Indies to right. get to the performance center. And when you're there, they retrain you. Everything you thought, you know, you don't know. Now they want you and to do you it. Come the out of way. there. Everything that brought you there is what gets you kicked out. Well, so why they're taking people from the Indies is beyond the fuck out of me. Okay. I just don't fucking get it. There seems to be a lot of uh, power plays going on be behind the scenes. There was reports of Triple H having heart troubles this year and yeah. Bruce Pritchard and, and Vince Jr. coming into NXT. Here's the thing, guys. If there was one, two names to symbolize what Angelo just said of the WWE breaking what doesn't need to be broken, it's Karrion Cross as Demolition Cross. Yep. And it's Keith Lee as Bearcat Keith Lee. These were guys that were over on the indies. They were over in uh, NXT as themselves. You could probably put uh, Donovan Dijakovic in that group as well. He got saddled with a horrible gimmick, which he's finally coming out of. And instead of just letting these guys be over as monster babyface, monster heels, they tinkered and they tinkered and they tinkered and play with it till it's broke. And and Karrion Cross is he's going to have to dig himself out creatively, which he's trying to do. A guy like EC3 that was three or four years ago. Can you I know? share a story with you? Sure. The late Brody Lee, right, John Huber. They took him into WWE and they made him Luke Harper. All right. I had Barbara Goodish on the show, and she's Barbara's a dear friend of mine. She's been on the show half a dozen times. They were supposed to. They were supposed to take Brody Lee. That's the name he worked with for years on the Indies. Brody Lee. He calls himself Brody Lee because of his resemblance to Bruiser Brody. Spelled differently, but the inference was there. When you looked at Brody Lee, 
you couldn't help but be reminded of Bruiser Brody. They were built almost identical. They had the same wild look, the same hair, the same beard. It was a natural fit, but not for Vince McMahon. He killed the idea. It's, it's like, he came it's, there uh, with the idea, Javier, of being the next Bruiser Brody. Okay? And Barb Goodish knew it. It's the whole Ronda Singh being turned into Bertha Faye once again, over and over and over. There you go. <laughs> Bertha, so Ronda Singh, a character who worked for years, you know. Where, what, do we, uh, what do we do now? We've got this scenario playing out with prospective, you know, amateur athletes. And again, you know, people have a very short memory. Uh, back in the 1960, and I'm sure, you know, Mike Messier might remember this because he's probably as old as I am, even though he won't tell anybody that. Um, (laughs) He won't tell anybody his age. Back in the 60s in Soviet Russia, athletes were paid, whether they were college athletes, pros, amateurs. They were paid because you got paid for your work in Russia. And when they tried out for the Olympics and were paid athletes and told that they were, you know, um, ineligible, you know, for, um, for amateur status, it didn't bother the Russians because they knew they had any number of paid amateurs as long as they were amateur. Paid amateur and paid pro to me is the same thing. If you're being paid, you're a pro. In a sense, there was no such thing really as an amateur athlete is basically what we were talking about later on. But in the 60s, they all made the Olympics. Every one of them made the Olympics. They fed them right. They juiced them up. They got them big. They got them strong. And they conquered almost every uh, every sport that they entered in, particularly boxing and weightlifting. You know, unless we remember Valesi Alexiev, the man was huge. Legit one of the strongest men in the world. Go ahead, Mike. Too, right? I guess, you know, for me, if, you're, if you want to look forward to 2022, my advice to the pro wrestling fans uh, out there is watch what you want to watch. But I would encourage pro wrestling fans to remember you're not um, you're not you're not obliged to watch wrestling that doesn't service you. These guys are making their money. You are the consumer, but you have other things and other talents besides being a pro wrestling fan. It might sound condescending or it might sound simple, but I'm telling you, I know that there are guys out there, some guys that watch my videos, uh, who are so wrapped up into wrestling they yeah. don't go to movies. They don't talk to girls. They don't do whatever because they're too into wrestling. So you got to moderate your wrestling. That's a scary thought, brother. It and is. You know what, Mike? You're true. absolutely right, but it's a scary thought. Right. That, that there are actually people out there that are so into pro wrestling that they have no life, no social life. Forget about social life. They have no life. And that's you know? why this pandemic has made things worse because now people oh feel God, like yeah. – they, they they connect with the wrestling, but in, in, what I fear is a lot of people live vicariously through the wrestlers, that they think in some weird way that they're going out with Alexa Bliss or they're going out with Liv Morgan, but you're not. So yeah. why 
why are you sitting there fantasizing about their gifts or their memes or their Instagram page? Yeah. You know, people really have to make that separation. These are people that I watch on television once a month or once a week, but these are not my friends. Well, and- you know, Mikey, uh, actually, Jake made that point last week when Miranda Gordy was here. You know, yeah. that these people think that they know Alexa Bliss or they know this a Liv Morgan or they know this yeah. other person, you know. Um, and you know, and of course they don't, but they they they're so familiarized with the product they think they know the individual. Um, can I say something? Of course you can. Um, the the re- there there's a guy on Twitter that the reason why I said that on the show last week is because there's a guy on Twitter that made so many. Freaking accounts. Sorry for the language. I'm trying to curb my language. By the way, you dropped the three F bombs on the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a guy, I don't know, I think his, his given name is Albert. Has yeah, it doesn't, so, doesn't matter what his name is. Made so many accounts saying that, that he is dating Alexa, and Alexa said, has told him several times, don't stop. Yeah, I, I actually had to say I had to say in, in a tweet, you don't know Alexa. You only know her because of the TV. You don't exactly. know her personal life. You don't know who her and Ryan and all those and all the people in her life in her real life. Yeah, you know Alexa. Well, Bliss. that's you what Mike was Coppola. getting at. Yeah, that uh, Jake. That's what Mike Messier was getting at. The fact that you know they become immersed in these people, they forget. They lose who they are, and they take on, you know, this uh, this almost other personality, fictionalized personality in their yeah. head. Well, it's it's Mark David Chapman. I mean, that's the extreme case. Mark David Chapman, sure. who was so obsessed with the Beatles, especially John, that he murdered yeah. John Lennon. And so when you and, and people might, oh, you're you're talking about wrestling. Well, guess what? Bret Hart at the WWE Hall of Fame, what three years ago, yeah. was doing his speech, and some some crazy fan attacked him. So, but for, for what I was saying for 2022, for my hope for the wrestling fans, continue to watch wrestling, continue to enjoy it, but but moderate. Be uh, the word that I like to use is be selective with your wrestling choices. Make the wrestling work Absolutely. for you. You don't work for it. I, I could not have said it better, Mikey, and I could not agree with you more. Javier, you. what is your uh, your hope for 2022 in the world of pro wrestling? And uh, you know, both as a, a viewer and what do you hope to accomplish in the future in the next couple of years with pro wrestling stories? Well, for me, pro wrestling, I always give it a chance. I try to get into it. There's so much wrestling out there today. And just like Mikey says, just like you mentioned, there's more to pro wrestling, more to wrestling than WWE. Uh, I've I've had to speak with younger fans countless times and in a nice way because they talk about, oh, that's a, that's a great, that's a legend from WWE history or whatever. I'm like, WWE isn't wrestling. That's one part of wrestling. They, yeah. yes, yes, they own that company now, but this person was an NWA star. This was an AWA star. This person was et cetera, et cetera, in the territories. Sure. My hope is that wrestling, look, Raw and SmackDown, they are what they are, but I'm hoping that the indies will show, demonstrate that pulse that Mikey said 
that pulse, that 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 grittiness, that that yeah. emotion. I got into pro wrestling because I could feel the emotion coming out of the screen. I could feel the promos. I can feel the heat coming from one guy to the other. And I'm like, I got to watch this, you know? Yeah. And I and that was what got you to watch. I don't like the over sanitation of of the of the product. Everything oh, is clean. God bless you for saying that. Everything Thank you. Is, Everything is clean. It doesn't seem like anyone sweats. No one has very few uh, people have body hair. Everyone's got I a perfect know. body. This is this yeah. is, uh, is, this, is this, uh, like when men look like men. I mean, let's let's I mean, I would rather let's just put normal big guys against another guy. Just don't. Everyone seems so uh, uh, what do you call it? Photoshopped and and, and just so perfect. It, it's just a you want to hear the a, perfect wrestling match. You know. George the Animal Steel versus King Kong Mosca. <laughs> it's like, like that. That's, that's like it. you know where I'm going with that one. That's, that's like a big, sweaty, hairy guys. Like a monster Angel, movie. That's Angelo Mosco, Angelo Angelo Mosco Jr. has become an internet fav, uh, favorite for world's worst wrestler of all time. I which, know, it's scary, ain't it? <laughs> I know, but I mean, once again, if he was around today. Uh, you know, he could probably do pretty well against some of these guys. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. funny. And just like Angelo, just like Angelo, you said the athleticism is 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 obvious. These are great yeah. athletes. You see these amazing wrestling moves, but you know what? I rather have wrestlers that I can feel their emotion when a punch and a kick makes me feel more from a match than about like five or ten flips. Yeah. This that's that's where the There's talent a promotion is. The- here, Javier. And, and Mike, you'll find this interesting too. Javier, there's a promotion here in New Jersey. Um, the promoter of this organization will not allow his wrestlers, will not allow them to utilize the ropes or the top turnbuckles in any way, shape, or form. They must chain wrestle or mat wrestle. They can use the ropes you know, as a, as a, a rope run, you know, we can do that. You can, you can run the ropes, but you can't climb them and you can't, you know, try to, uh, undertaker walk the top rope, you know, like the great wall ender, you know, that's very he, interesting. So no flippers. It, what's that? So no flippers in this promotion. So no, no flippers. flippers whatsoever. None. <laughs> I mean, it's it's okay to have a little variety, but my point is, uh, sometimes keeping it basic is better than trying to do too much because if you do too much, then nothing means anything anymore. Well, it's, here's, a, yeah, it's like a video that, game. That's you know? a good point, Javier. And here's here's the here's where I was getting with that, and I'm I'm going to segue right into it. Um, even though he doesn't allow his his wrestlers to utilize the the ropes or the turnbuckles. It's amazing to see the reaction of the people. They go ape shit over it's the almost wrestling. It's almost like he's almost like re-educating crazy over the wrestling. He's re-educating the the, the fans, and it's, and it's little by little in his little. Old, remember, remember something old school. When the ropes were so loose, you couldn't you couldn't climb the ropes. If you watch matches, if you watch matches from the fifties and sometimes the sixties, when if the wrestler would try to grab the ropes for a break, the 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 referee would kick his arms. Yes. He would he kick the ropes and saying, Stop grabbing the ropes. Yeah. That was exactly. that. then then more recently they would grab the ropes and they would they would break the hold. 
there was a time that the ropes were utilized to help you know, um, uh, amplify the drama. For example, if a guy got caught up in a rope and hung by his neck, well, you know he wasn't going to die. You know he was okay. But the, the, the dramatic effect of a 260-pound guy hanging by his neck from you know the, the top and second rope was an impressive visual. The hangman. The hangman, yeah. That's that's how Mick Foley lost his ear with a hangman gone bad in uh, yeah. in well, 1993. It, it, it can happen. It's you know it, it hasn't happened much in the history of pro wrestling. There's oh, there's never been a death from it. There's been minor injuries, but the I think probably, Mikey, you point out probably the most egregious offense was Mick Foley losing his ear. Right. Because the you ropes know? were strung, the ropes were different because they were overseas, so they had tighter ropes than usual. So he yeah. had that. Exactly. But, you know, people don't realize that, that you couldn't, there was a time you couldn't climb the ropes. You weren't supposed to. You weren't also, supposed to. You were supposed to keep the wrestling inside the it was ring. like out of bounds. Yeah, out of bounds. Yeah. For, so for let's a, talk about, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jake. You were going to say something? Um, number one, um, Number one, what about my picks for 2022? Oh, well, what do you think is coming up in 2022? You know, I see, I I do see, you know, I do see, you know, I do see a lot of wrestling in 2022. I see indie promotions, like, uh, like stuff that I've watched, like Rocky Mountain Pro, Devotion, Championship Wrestling, um, I've I've also seen like there's there's a promotion out of Memphis called Championship Wrestling from Memphis. I've been supporting mm-hmm. and I see a lot of good things in 2022. Use yeah. your words, Championship Jake. Wrestling from Memphis. Um, it's interesting, Javier and Mikey, what they're doing down. If you're not familiar, what uh, what Jake is talking about is they're bringing back Monday Night Wrestling like they did back in the old days, like Memphis. Wrestling. Yeah, Memphis. Uh, Monday night in Memphis. Cool. I yeah, I didn't know that. I, I've, I've had Dustin Star on my on my podcast before. I have. Uh, sorry for the plugs. Shameless plug. Okay, well, which podcast? You got about thirty thousand of them. Um, the uh, here's the thing, the one that you were just on, and that's the only. That's the interview. The here's the thing. I have so. I and by the way, when I say a flipper, I'm talking about the guys that go on the top rope and does like yeah, fifties or the we know, or the flips. So yeah. and you know, I I I also see I want to here's here's something that um that I've I want to see I want to see wrestling. I don't want to see the entertainment anymore i want to see professional wrestling mm-hmm. like what bruno san martino did like bruno did like the guys in the old days did not this go. not this excuse my language not this bullshit you yeah now you're 28 jake right yeah um yeah. we're a few years older than you bruno was probably back in the day before way before you were born yeah Okay. Um, It's interesting, though, with Mikey and Javier, um, I'm finding this uh, uh, more and more as I talk to kids. You know, when I say kids, 
under 30 because, you know, they basically are. Um, I'm seeing a lot of interest in Internet, the Internet wrestling now. A lot of the younger people are going online and looking at the older matches. Gorgeous George, Ricky Starr. Um, 16 by, by, uh, yeah, well, I'm talking about way before that, brother. There was, you know, there's a Ricky Starr that was in AEW. No, I'm talking that this is not AEW, but this is back in the 1950s. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Ricky Starr was a big star. He was a ballet dancer that became a wrestler. Um, uh, Vince Senior. Vince you know, Kevin Gorgeous Senior. George, um, Haystacks Calhoun. That was an attraction. You know, guys like that. There are guys out there like that, like Haystacks. There are guys out there like Andre, believe it or not. They haven't been discovered yet, but they're out there. You know? They could. They had WWE had the world by the cajones when Paul White came along, and they just destroyed that man up and down and all over the place. They ruined him his his first night of the company, Angelo. Uh, well, yeah. actually, his his second night. His second night, he he jobbed clean to Steve Austin with a Stone Cold Stunner. So the, the his whole WWE career was summarized in one match, which yeah. is he's in the main event, but he loses clean. And I mean, years later, I was at uh, WWE Raw taping in Providence, and it was, uh, I believe it was Rob Van Dam versus Steven Regal or William Regal versus The Big Show in a triple threat. And the winner gets a title shot. And I believe Big Show dropped the fall to RVD, and nobody thought anything of it. Just Big Show gets paid. For for a meaningless match, and this is a guy who's exactly. legit seven one seven two, legit yeah. five hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 tough, and and, it, and eventually, and I hate to say it, but I I don't want to beat that dead horse. But as a lifelong pro wrestling fan, and a good portion of that as a WWE fan, a guy who I went through the hassle, and believe me, it wasn't easy to get a job interview for that company. Yeah, it, sure. It, there's anger, and there's also sadness. At how they've fallen creatively and and the knee-jerk reaction to a wwe defender would be um well they're making so much money okay but they're making their money from saudi arabia they're making their money from the peacock network they're making the money from their fox network they're not they're making, making their money from advertising well they're not making their money from mike messier anymore no. and they're not making money from people like myself who've taken our dollars uh, as as small as our dollars might be compared to the saudi arabian prince but we're taking our money to Jacksonville. We're supporting well, wrestlers. You know, Mikey, that's a really good point. And I don't want, I really don't want you to, to go too much further on it. Cause I want to interject something. Cause it's critical. What you just said is critical. They're taking our money from here and there and here and there. Here's the problem though. They're not taking the money from the fan and giving back to the fan. They're taking right. from the advertiser and the prince. And and the king and the, they're taking all this big money, and they're throwing in production value, but they're not giving the fan anything, right? It, I don't care how beautiful your production value is, and everybody says, well, WWE has the greatest production value. I don't give a rat's ass. It's not wrestling. No, it's not. You I'm know not what? watching the show to see what kind of you know pyro or kind of set they have or yeah. what kind of lighting they have. That doesn't mean shit to me. I used to go to matches where the the guys didn't even have entrance music right. back in the day. 
It was better back then. You have you have the heel coming from one side of the arena and the baby yeah. face coming from the other. And that's the thing that Angelo for 20 or 30 years when Junior, as I call him, has been saying how he looks down upon the smoke-filled arenas, as he called it, the cigar smoke-filled arenas. First of all, I was in some of those arenas. There wasn't a lot of cigar smoke going on. And he second grew of up all, in those smoke-filled arenas. Right. Mike, yeah, I got news for you. Well, 20,000 people going to the Capitol Center or 22,000 people going to Madison Square Garden and the Felt mm-hmm. Forum, those people didn't need Rock and Wrestling Connection. Those people didn't need uh, Fuji Vice and uh, Magnificent Morocco on TNT every uh, Tuesday night. They right. didn't need WrestleMania 2 with Herb and uh, and uh, Where's the Beef Lady. But these are the things that Junior wanted. Um, he's he's always been a bit ashamed of being a pro wrestling fan. He's ashamed of being from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 the guy, I mean, the, the reality is the pro wrestling fan, the WWE fan, I should say, their whole our our lives as WWE fans, we've been witnessing the psychosis of one very damaged individual. Yeah. And how he's manifested his perverted, slanted, disturbed, uh, victimized view of reality from the things he suffered as a child, which he's talked about. I don't have to. And how he's yeah, presented absolutely. the world with the gold dust and with uh, Trish Stratus barking like a dog and with all the things that he's uh, Mark Henry uh, giving birth to a hand or whatever. These yeah. are the, these are the creations of a madman. And the, the at some point it was interesting in the late nineties, it peaked, but now we see 20 years of after peak and yeah. Who is he leaving this company to? Is it is it this Khan gentleman, Nick Khan? It doesn't seem to be Triple H anymore. That was the big hope for all these well, WWE fans. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to be Triple H, and it doesn't look like it's going to be Stephanie. It, I will tell you, it's definitely, definitely not going to be Shane McMahon. Right. That's already been publicly um, disclosed. Shane will have no part of the company. Um, his daughter... It, it, it is yet to be seen whether Stephanie and Paul take over, uh, a.k.a. Triple H. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'd be surprised if, if they did. I'd be shocked, in fact, if they did. Um, Vince just has that kind of personality that he would do that to his family. Right. He just would. Um, because if. To to maintain that it's done his way, he turned that company over to a stranger, right? And he surely would. Um, we lost a lot of people this year in the world of wrestling. Uh, Mikey, yeah. you've um, you did an interesting video on YouTube that I watched. Um, that I don't know uh, if you want to talk about that. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, let's talk about um. This video, they seem to be kind of um, uh, emotionally moved by uh, the the loss one after another of of young wrestler after another. Um, when does it stop, Mikey? I don't know. I think you might be talking about my Patriot Del Wilkes uh, tribute. That might have been it when I was talking about Paul Orndorff and yep, mm-hmm. Butch Butch Reed and Road Warrior Animal and yep. Uh, by and, the way, we were supposed to have Butch Reed on the show and he passed away. Wow, that's tragic because yeah. I mean I spoke to him a week before he died. Wow. And the thing is 
see that here's the thing. You know, mm-hmm. these guys live fast and sometimes they die young. And we don't know what they did in their personal lives or what they yeah. did to get their bodies the way that they did. And and each guy was different. But it's sad, you know, when, when you start – even when you saw Rick Rude and Kurt Henning pass away within a couple of years each other. And that's going back 20 years now. Yeah. Um, it's sad when these guys that we look up to as role models, you know, as a young wrestling fan, and you see your Brian Pillman – you know, I mean, it's weird, Angelo. I mean, Brian Pillman is such an influence on me. I've got his visage tattooed on my leg. And and basically because, of, you know, your show and, and the social media connection I had with Brian back when he was a high school guy, we're ended up having a coffee together in Jacksonville years later. And it's yeah. like, wow, where does life go? You know, I remember being yeah. in the Baltimore arena watching this guy's father wrestle Brian, uh, wrestle Wild Bill Irwin. Now that, that Brian's passed away and here's his son and we're having coffee. So, I mean, life is an odd thing. But um, as a wrestling fan, we get a little um, too used to our, our heroes passing away so young. Yeah, there are, interesting. There sure are is. some guys that are hanging on like Ric Flair and Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. And mm-hmm. and I know those guys aren't perfect, obviously. But I, I would ask the fans to maybe give some of those old timers a break because when they're gone, you're going to miss them. Well, that's why I keep saying about this show, you know, one of the greatest compliments, I've said it before, one of the greatest compliments we got came from Tony Villano, the the uh, president, uh, uh, the, uh, the founder, I should say. The president is Seth Turner. The founder of the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame said, without your show, the memory of these people would be lost to history. Well, that's, that's yeah. what we do here. What we do, and I don't, and, and I've said this before, and, and, and Jake knows, Javier knows, Mike, you know for, for certain, uh, we don't discuss match results on this show. We never have, never will. We don't discuss, uh, you know, who's going out with who. I don't care. It's none of my business. It doesn't bother me. Who's, who's dating who. I don't, I don't get into people's bedrooms. Um, what I care about is, is Ivan Putsky willing to talk to me at 81 years old, 82 years old. Is Cowboy Scott Casey up to talking? Can I get Eddie Mansfield to break his silence? How about Tiger Conway Jr.? Will he come on and talk to me? You know, the guys from from yesteryear. Right. You know, the guy that was with Gino Hernandez the night he died. Wow. You know. You know, uh, what about people like Bobby Boulay? You know, Magnum T.A. You had a great interview. Magnum. Magnum. Yeah, I had Magnum on the show. Bobby I enjoyed Boulay. your interview with uh, the grappler, Len Denton. I really Len enjoyed Denton. it. Len Denton, yeah. Was, we had Lenny on uh, about three that. months ago. Yeah, yeah great interview. Um, Sarge from the power plant. Buddy Lee Parker. You know, real name Dwayne Bruce. The Highway Patrol. Yeah. He was on here with Larry Zabisco. Larry's been on twice. He came on twice in a week yeah. with me. Um, and he'll be back in February, too, as a matter of fact. We will have a speaking of, uh, of of what's coming up for this show. January was going to be an interesting month, a stellar month. In fact, we've got Herb Simmons joining us here. Herb Simmons is a virtual walking encyclopedia on on professional wrestling. His late partner, uh, Bert Prentice. We just lost Bert. Um, he's going to talk about Bert Prentice. He's going to talk about Bruiser Brody. Going to talk about Bam Bam Gordy and. Uh, and the legacy that, that, that he leaves behind. And um, 
We've got uh, the Len Denton actually coming back with us. We've got who else? I got to check my uh, my calendar here. Oh, Princess Victoria to discuss her book in January, January 6th. We are in her book, by the way. We made her book. We are um, trying to stay with us. Oh, man, we got a lot of stuff going. We got. I thought we had Karen McDaniel. Karen McDaniel's coming back to discuss her book. Yep. Karen McDaniel will be here. She's been, uh, she and we were very instrumental in her book. It's funny. I said this on the on the, a couple shows back. I've referred three people to book authors. All three people wrote books, and we're in all of their books. It's <laughs> great. Yep. Good stuff. Beautiful stuff. So um, I'll tell you what, man. That was a fast hour and a half. Holy crap. Where is so, that- uh, Jake. I'm going to let you start first. Tell everybody where they can reach you, your uh, social, and yeah, uh, uh, what you got going on your podcast. Who's up Who's up on your podcast? Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter either at, at Mushroom underscore Hudson or at Hudson J, uh, at H-U-S-D-O-N, J-J-A-K-E. That's both my Twitters, Facebook, Ellis John Hudson, YouTube, Jake Hudson. And we are, we are tomorrow, uh, when this is Friday, Friday night, we're going to do a Christmas Eve episode, a Christmas Eve of a thing that we used, we used to do on the show. I used to do called uh, Jake's Happy Hour, where we'll jump on a call and talk a lot of, co- a lot of stuff. Yeah, because God knows you love to talk, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, here here's the thing. This is my. This is actually my third show as a producer and training for Wrestling with the Future yes, podcast. And I, yes, and we, very, we are we are uh, working closely with Jake. Uh, we're trying to break him in, and yeah. as soon as you become a qualified producer, I'm going to ship you off to Mike Messier. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, both, what do you got you'll coming both up? Go to, you'll go, both go to watch Mike AEW Messier? shows. <laughs> Um, well, shout out to John. It's good to meet you tonight, buddy. Um, the man with overalls. I mean, that could be your gimmick, but um, for me, it's MikeMessier.com. That's M-I-K-E-M-E-S-S-I-E-R.com. And uh, I did shoot a little uh, four-minute movie last summer, uh, Seduction of Distance, which aims to uh, promote my book, A Distance from Avalon, When the Dying and the Dead Reunite, which is available on Amazon for paperback and Kindle. Uh, my coming-of-age sports book is uh, just completed for the Amazon Kindle Vela. That's Fighter Play Basketball. And um, subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. Uh, has a lot of Mike Messier stuff, uh, tons of pro wrestling rants and all types of good things. And Are we and, still uh, Avalonia Film Festival? Yeah, I'm still doing it. You know, I put this shirt on today for you, buddy. I put the old wrestling Beautiful. shirt on. The old, I had that on. Javier's the only one not wearing one. We're going to have to send one to El Salvador. All right, great. I will send <laughs> one out to you. Extra large? No, I'm I'm, a, I'm an L, I guess. Large. Oh, you're a regular large? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Brother, you gotta be like me. I'm large and in charge, baby. Yeah, uh, hey, by the way, I got two of these, and I got two of these shirts. And when, when we get done with this show, I'm gonna pull this one off and put it back in the drawer. <laughs> All right, that's cool, man. That sounds like week. a plan. I thought that's you were gonna say you're gonna put it on eBay and, and auction it off. No, 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 no. 
I because I don't want to don't want to ruin this with my dinner because this is the other one is sitting right in my dirty clothes waiting to be washed. Well, you got, you know, you got, you got wrestlers auctioning off their ring worn gear. You can auction off your pod worn, uh, wrestling. Uh, Don't give him any ideas because he'll do it. I heard, I heard, yeah. the, I heard the dewdrop singlet was going for a lot of money with certain fetish, <laughs> right? On, yeah. on, unwashed. Yeah. Hey, um, here, fresh dew. Uh, by the way, I've also, um, on, you know, when pay page for her sub for her top gifted subs, she gives out like ring worn gear. Nice. Right. Okay. Well, um, how we can't find Javier? How we can't find Javier? Yeah. Well, it's Javier's time now to to get his plugs in. Go ahead, Javier. It's very simple. You can find my work at prowrestlingstories.com. I got over a hundred articles on there, so at some point my work will will go through the the cycling of the site, but there's a bunch of stuff on there. It's if oh, you're not man. reading my stuff, you can read someone else's, and I, I promise you, it's it's well worth your time. There's there you there's JP Zarka, you got uh, Javier Oyster, you got Benny Scala, and one of the things about the pro wrestling, one of the things about pro wrestling stories is, is that it really does focus on the history of wrestling. Yeah. It talked about the past and 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 things about it's it. We, there, there are no raw or SmackDown reviews anywhere to be found on on pro wrestling stories. That's not our audience. The audience is the old school fan or the younger yeah. fan who wants to learn about how wrestling used to be. It's all good fun. ProWrestlingStories.com. And I want to shout out to my uh, my former co-host Dan the Man Sebastiano. He and the BS Express Benny Scala, they got their own thing right now called Dan and Benny in the Ring. And uh, I encourage you to um, check their episodes out on Podbean. They're probably shitting themselves thinking, why is Angelo plugging us? Well, <laughs> this, is, this is a big baby face uh, turn for you, Angelo, to end the year. I'm telling you, the baby <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, right. Go from heel to baby face. <laughs> no, band, I've yeah. always been a baby face. Just uh, I'm a baby face that's gruff but lovable. You know what and I mean? Then, and then out of nowhere, the, t- the chair shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chair shot to the head. <laughs> yeah, coming from Benny Scala. <laughs> come January, come January second, chair shot to the back. <laughs> there you go. All yeah. right, you guys. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight, Jake. I'll see you in a, in a couple of hours, probably. If I know you. On behalf <laughs> of Javier Royce from Pro Wrestling Stories, Mike Messier can be found at mikemessier.com on and on YouTube, and Jake Hudson, Jake the Snake Jam, and Jake Hudson can be found on Twitch. He can be found on Twitter, YouTube. He can be found on uh, on the satellite radio and the fillings in your teeth. Uh, Carrier Pigeon, he's all over the damn place. Doing that, Mike Mexier's front door. And exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mad Dog DeCipio. Take care, everybody. Merry Christmas. Have a good time. We'll see you next time on Wrestling with the Future. Bye-bye. <laughs>